Amen. Are you all grateful for the worship team? Amen. I know I am. Learning new songs and coming in early and static coming from nowhere, and it's awesome. So two incredible proofs of the resurrection. Number one, the tomb was empty. Amen? Amen. Number two, I'm wearing a coat and a tie at the same time. <laughs> Amen. There you go. You know it's Easter Sunday, right? I know how it is. Some of you, I see you too. Usually you're wearing your jersey for the Falcons, but today I see the pastel, okay? Yes, indeed, it happens, right? Got to look good on Easter Sunday, right? We got to act like we're a respectable church around here. That's my preacher. He wears a suit every Sunday. No, don't lie now. Don't lie. But I am glad to uh, be able to, to worship you. This is a special time. All over the world, people are celebrating. Jesus was raised from the dead. And we get to celebrate that as well. Uh, a lot of celebrating going on. Uh, just celebrated uh, Hannah's 15th birthday. <laughs> Craziness. I mean, wow, my kids are both teenagers. I mean, we moved here. Our kids were three and two. And now, wow, 15. So it's been a crazy weekend. So I apologize if I'm a little crazy. <laughs> it's been a lot going on. But luckily, it's not about me. Amen? It's about the risen Lord. And uh, we are gonna, we're going to look in the Bible this morning. And we're going to look in one particular chapter in Luke's gospel, and we're going to allow that to be our main text for this morning as we dive into the scriptures and really try to put ourselves there, which I know can be hard for some of us because we've celebrated many Easter Sundays, and uh, sometimes the newness can maybe wear off a little bit because of the familiarity with the story. So I just, I pray that we can all put ourselves in the place of those disciples who were living through this incredible moment in history. Uh, so let's go ahead and pray and help our hearts to get to a good place. Father, we pray this morning to come to you humbly and grateful to be able to sing these types of songs with these lyrics and just so grateful uh, that uh, uh, you are the Lord of the resurrection, Father, and you resurrected Jesus. And so we have faith that you can resurrect us as well that uh, our final breath is not the end, but really a new beginning. And uh, I think it's appropriate this time to pray for the Malutnak family. As we know, our, our dear sister Olga, she did take her last earthly breath this week, but uh, wow, she, she finished the race filled with faith, and that gives us inspiration. And so we know that uh, she's living a resurrected life, and uh, that's encouraging for all of us. And this morning, God helped God, Luke's gospel to really inspire us and motivate us to believe that you absolutely are the God of the living and that Jesus is absolutely alive and active. And Father, help us to take that message and not just think about it and ponder it, but help it to transform us and help us to take that message out into our communities with faith and conviction and vigor. And uh, Father, we love you. And we pray in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right, let's open up our Bibles this morning uh, to Luke chapter 24. I'm wearing my glasses this morning. Uh-oh, watch out. Brother's getting older up here. <laughs> Hannah ain't the only one getting older, you know what I'm saying? Luke chapter 24, we'll pick it up in, uh, in verse 1. On the first day of the week, 
Very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but they entered, and they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. And when they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves. And he went away, wondering to himself, what had happened? You know, this first part of, of the scripture here, it reminds me of these women here. They're going to the tomb, but even though they were followers of Jesus, even though they believed in Jesus, they went to the tomb expecting to see, really, someone dead. They didn't, they didn't expect Jesus to still be alive. And, you, you know, they, they, they felt that it was something that you do that's respectable. This is a respectable thing to do is to prepare. You know, to go to the body, to have the spices. That's what you do, especially when someone close to you dies. That's a respectable thing to do. But they absolutely went to that tomb not expecting Jesus to really be alive. And it reminded me, just last week, I was, I was listening to the radio, listening to NPR, and, and I heard an interview with a man who was a professor and at one point was a very uh, strong leader in the Christian faith. But he had, he had decided to walk away from the faith. And one of the phrases that he used in the interview, he said, I no longer believe that God is active in this world. I don't believe God's active in this world. And then he went on to say, but I really do think Jesus' teachings, really everyone should live by them. Now, that's an interesting place to be. It's like you have respect for the teachings, but you really don't believe Jesus is alive. And, and, and in some respects, I, I see that in these women going to the tomb. They, they didn't expect him to be alive. And quite honestly, sometimes we approach the faith the same way. I think some of us, honestly, if we're really honest, we don't really believe that Jesus is really active in this world today. And here's our problem, and it's the same problem that they had. With our physical eyes, it seems like it's a done deal. When we look at things with our physical eyes, it just seems like God's not winning. You know, he's hung up on the cross, he's dead. Oh man, now his body's gone, somebody probably did something with it. But no, he's definitely not alive. And some of us in this room even have that problem. We approach the faith respectfully. We do dutiful things, but in our heart of hearts, we don't believe Jesus is really active, transforming this world with the power to change everything in this world. Jesus has that power, but sometimes we struggle to really believe it. Sometimes we're just too focused on what our physical eyes can see and not looking through the world with eyes of faith. And I appreciate it because here's the deal. You know what we need? We need the same thing this, that the women needed when they went to the tomb. They needed somebody to remind them of what's really true. You're right? And what happens here? These angels say, hey, what are you doing? Why are you looking for somebody that's dead? Jesus is alive. 
And by the way, he already told you that a lot. If you remember, he preached this a few times. Were you sleeping in the back row? Were you on your phone playing eight ball, texting, whatever? What were you doing while he was preaching? Hey, he's going to raise from the dead, right? And so I think that's something that we need to be reminded of. It's been there all along. It's been in the scripture all along. We just got to have ears to hear and eyes to really see of faith. And so these women go back, and guess what? They had not seen the physical Jesus yet. They still hadn't seen Jesus. All they had been told was that he had been raised from the dead. But still, they, didn't, they hadn't laid eyes on him yet. So at this point, when they run back to their friends, they still don't have that hardcore proof. All they have is an empty tomb and some growing faith that well, maybe this is true. And what happens? They go to the guys, and the guys say, man, these women, man, they just always talking, running their mouths. They don't know what they're talking because that's how guys are, right? We just don't listen to women in our lives, right? I know. Brothers, let's just own up to it. You know, it happens. Many wives are doing this to their husbands right now. I know how that works. I get that sometimes. I live with a house full of women, man. It's, and sometimes it's like, yeah, nonsense. I don't know what's going on. So I, I can relate. But amen, I digress. Um, but they, they did not want to believe it. But Peter ran back, went to the, to the grave, and saw that, wait a minute, the linens are here, but the body's gone. And, and, and I think he might have said, wait, if somebody were to steal the body, they just would have taken everything. It's just taken them. They wouldn't have taken the time to under. So he, we leave, and Peter is wondering about this. Like, what is going on here? And let's keep reading as we encounter a couple of other people who are trying to make sense of this whole episode in the faith. And in verse 13, now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened, and as they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing. And he asked them, hey, what are you guys talking about? And they stood still, their faces downcast, and one of them, named Cleopas, asked him, Man, are you only a visitor to Jerusalem and don't know the things that have happened here in these days? Well, what things? I mean, this is hilarious. I mean, we're looking at it on this side like, what in the world? Jesus just walks up to these guys, and they're in the middle, but they're in the middle of a deep conversation. They're trying to process it too. Many people today are trying to process what is the deal with Jesus he claims all of these things, but what we see is a dead Savior. Really, he's dead. But Jesus just walks up next to him and just like, hey, what are y'all doing? And they're like, don't you know? And like, no, I don't know. I mean, of course he knows. He was hanging on the cross. I think he knew a little bit about what was going on. But what did they say? Look what they say about Jesus. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what's more, it's the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the woman had said, but they didn't see. He said to them, how foolish you are and slow, how slow of heart to believe 
and all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Christ have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with who? You guys been reading much about Moses lately? Hmm. See, we're going to weave that study of Exodus back in real quick in a minute. And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in the scriptures concerning himself. And as they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus acted as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, stay with us. It's nearly evening. The day's almost over. So he went in to stay with them. And when he was at the table with them, he took bread. He gave thanks. He broke it and began to give it to them. And then their eyes were opened and they recognized him. And he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? And they got up and returned at once to Jerusalem and they found the 11 and those with them assembled together and saying, it is true. The Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. And then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. I hope we can appreciate the struggle that these guys are going through. Just like the other women. They didn't know. They, they, all they had, the evidence in front of them was Jesus had died. They saw him hang on that cross. They knew that he had been crucified. And here's the deal. At some point, we got to come to the same conclusion. Either God is the God who can overcome death or he can't. Because at the end of the day, that's our biggest fear. At the end of the day, our biggest fear is death. That's the thing that kind of hangs over mankind as kind of the final, it's such a final moment. And some must fear it and, and live our whole lives in fear of death. And these men had seen Jesus die and all of their hopes and dreams had fallen with that death of Jesus. And so here they are with a crucified man, taught a lot of great things, but their, their, their faith has, has been dashed. Now here's the deal. Can you relate to that? Some of us get our faith dashed. Some of us put hope in Jesus. Oh, we think he's going to provide this. We think the church should do that. And when it doesn't happen, sometimes we can be discouraged, downcast, some translations, full of gloom. Hopefully we can relate to these guys. But the reality is they needed the same thing they needed the same thing that Mary and other women went to the tomb earlier. They needed to be reminded of the scriptures, amen? I appreciate Jesus, you know, kind of saying, guys, I appreciate your sob story, but look, you're foolish. I mean, imagine somebody, Jesus didn't even, didn't, he didn't even say, hey, guys, actually, I'm Jesus, okay? Oh, the jig is up, but, you know, hey, guys, uh, I know you're going through a tough time with your faith, but let me just, you know, let, he didn't even go there. He just straight, you are foolish, you're slow to believe. And what's he getting at? Well, he's getting at the clues have been there all along in Scripture. They've been there all along. Just think of all the things we've even been reading in Exodus. Think of it. Think of Exodus. Just, just that one book, of, one book of the Bible. Think of what we've learned. We've learned about Pharaoh, right? We've learned about Egypt and Pharaoh being this evil empire, so to speak, and this leader who feels like he's got control over the lives of God's people. He can control everything. He can tell them who can live and who dies. Even Pharaoh telling the children need to die, that evil presence. Then look at the life that they were living, these men that, that are walking down the road. They're living under Rome. They're living under Caesar. Roman rule, kind of rough and tough, but they have to learn how to deal with it. 
Is God present or is God not? Was God present in Egypt? Is God present in Rome? Can God deal with Pharaoh? Can God deal with Caesar? That's the question. Can God deal with static? I don't know. He can't overcome static. He must not be able to, you know, raise Jesus from the dead. I don't know. But if you think about also, what what else do we learn when we study Exodus? We learn this. We learn that God gave provision for his people. He told them, if you can take the blood of a lamb, then you can receive salvation from death. They should have learned that in the book of Exodus, right? What about Jesus? He was called the Lamb of God. And his blood was shed to save his followers from death. Save them from death. In Exodus, God's people were set free from the bondage that they were in. Jesus died on the cross, shed his blood to set us free from the bondage and tyranny of sin. These are the messages that should have been clear to these men, but they were foolish and slow of heart to believe. How many of us struggle with the same thing? We can recite scriptures and we know what's going on. There you go. Amen. There you go. I have no idea how that happened, but God loves me. As I wrap this thing up, amen. But I do believe that we need to be reminded of the God of the scriptures. We need to be reminded about what he's done. When the Passover happened, we've been studying that. When the Passover happened, what did the people really do? What did they really provide for that situation? All they did was obey. God gave them, the, told them what to do. Take a lamb, put the blood over the door frame, and you just, sit, you just wait. Really, what, what, how ridiculous would it be for an Israelite to take any credit for anything? That would be ridiculous, right? I mean, who, what would they say? Oh, man, I, I did such a great job putting the, the, the blood, smearing it. Do you see how well I smeared it? I, no, nothing dripped. That would be ridiculous, wouldn't it? You know, I'm such a good slayer of lambs, and I picked the best lambs. You you should really compliment me on how good. That would be ridiculous. All they had to do was just do what God said, and God would provide the deliverance, right? I think that's a lesson we got to learn. I think sometimes we get too caught up in what we're doing, what we're not doing, and we got to remember, man, we serve a God who can raise the dead. You know, it's not about what you do or what you don't do so much as what it's about what Jesus has already done. You know, and that's what we need to be looking toward and be putting our trust in his blood, not your efforts and what you do. Okay? And I think the more we learn how to do that, the more we look at scripture and go, look at what God has done. And some of us, we don't do that. We look at scripture and we go, man, I got to do a lot more to measure up. And I think, that, I think that really messes us up spiritually. You know, I think we need to grow and we need to, we need to strive to make every effort, and I agree with all that. But at some point, we've got to do better at just seeing the power of God, remembering his character, his nature in Scripture, and just going, thank goodness, hallelujah. Thank God that he did all that. And, and I, I believe that's what these guys were missing a little bit. They were, they were downcast, they were discouraged, and they needed to be reminded who Jesus was. And here's what I love about Jesus. He didn't just preach a sermon to them. What did he do? He sat down, shared a meal with them. Shared a meal with them. And you go, what's the big deal there? I go, well, let's, let's hold, hold up. Remember, Jesus, when he was right before going to the cross, he had a Passover meal with his closest friends. 
It was a Passover meal. And he shared the bread with them. And he explained how the bread was like his body. And that the wine like, was like the blood that he shed. This was intimacy, okay? And, and even in this moment, he sits down and he, he breaks bread with these guys. And so it's not a deep sermon. It's not deep conviction. You need to learn this. It's like, let me spend time with you. I love that about Jesus. It's not just the teaching. It's the love. It's the connection. It's I want to spend time with you. And it was in that moment, in that setting of, of sharing a meal, that the guys figured it out. Oh, my goodness. This is Jesus. I think we need to spend more time like that with Jesus. But we're like, the, we're like these guys, honestly, at the beginning of the conversation. Jesus standing right next to them, and they don't even know it's him. They're so caught up into their own world. And I think some of us are so caught up in our own world. Man, if Jesus was sitting right across the table from you, you'd be like, who is this guy? What's going on? Let's, let's slow down. Stop being guilted out about how you can't measure up and how you're not this or that. Think about, take a moment to wonder, ponder, express gratitude for the God who has always saved. That's who he is. He can't be against his own nature. Just like we've been learning for three months in the Exodus, God hears He's concerned. He is active in this world. He will intervene in this world into our very lives to free us from that which we cannot free ourselves. This is the God we serve. And here's the deal. We cannot free ourselves from death. Can't do it. There's nothing you can do. You could follow every word in the Bible perfectly. But guess what? You're going to reach your last breath at some point. At some point, it's a done deal, right? It's, it's over, okay? So how do we appreciate the message of the resurrection in, in, in our day and age, 2018? How can we appreciate it in our own lives? I think we just need to take a, a page out of the scripture right here. When these guys spent time with Jesus, and when Jesus opened their minds and helped them to understand the scriptures, do you know what effect that it had on them? Let's see what happened. Look in chapter 24 here, in verse 45, and we'll close out here. Then he opened their minds so that they could understand the scriptures. He told them, this is what is written. The Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I am going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. And when he led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And while he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. And then they what? They worshiped him. And they returned to Jerusalem with what? Great joy. And they stayed continually at the temple what? Praising God, worship, praising God, great joy. And dare I say that doesn't characterize many of our lives. Even though we have the conviction that Jesus rose from the dead, some of our lives is just too busy, too packed, too much focus on what we're doing and not doing. We need to spend time on what God has done in worship, adoration, 
Take time this, I challenge you this week. I challenge you when you pray. Spend more time just adoring God, saying how you appreciate God than asking him for stuff that you need in your life. Because let me help you with something. He already knows what you need. <laughs> he already knows that you want that parking spot. <laughs> that you want that promotion, whatever, that girlfriend, whatever it is. He already knows. So, but, but, but what he would appreciate, I believe, and I think what this world needs, is for a people that are so secure to know that even though I die, I still live. I serve the resurrected king. He's proven it. Exodus, all through the scriptures, Jesus raising from the dead. I know I will be raised again. So I'm going to worship him. I'm going to praise him. And I'm going to share how amazing he is in this world. I think the more we do that, I think the healthier we become. And I think the deeper impact we have on this world. And so even though when we see with our eyes, man, this world is messed up. We can know that when we're in the presence of whatever's going on in this world, we can bring the power of God into it and the faith of God. And let us leave with that conviction. Let's spend more time in worship and in praise of God for what he has done and thank him for the truth of the resurrection. Let's spend time with him this week in doing that. Amen. Let's go to God in prayer. Father, please help us to spend more time praising you. Thank you for resurrecting Jesus and showing us your power once again. Thank you for all of the scripture that helps us to believe you are able to raise us. And Father, I thank you that we get to take the Lord's Supper together, that we get to partake of this bread that represents Jesus' body and drink of the fruit of the vine, and we can proclaim that he will come back, that he was raised and he will return, and one day he will make all things right. And we pray in his name. Amen.